0: This week on episode 518 of Priority One, Comic-Con at Home brings us new trailers for Star Trek Prodigy and Lower Decks, and Saru and Stamets look ahead to Season 4 of Discovery. In gaming news, we go back and forth on the Courage class coming to Star Trek Online, and some shiny new textures for your favourite Romulan captain. You're
1: listening to a Roddenberry Podcast.
0: Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel.
1: Welcome to Priority One, and now your hosts.
0: Hello Captains, you're listening to episode 518 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, your weekly recap and review of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, July 27 and available for download or streaming on Friday, July 30 at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Roscoe. I'm Kat. And no, Elio, this week it seems like the pack lads have struck again with the terrible, terrible flu and so he is out for another week
1: I was about to make a really terrible joke I won't do it (laughs) please do go for it oh that the packlets were making Elio go no it's bad it's a bad joke
0: (laughs) well get well soon Elio and we hope to have you back on the podcast very very soon Kat how are you doing this week
1: I'm doing great how are you doing
0: Oh man, can I tell you, I I was going really good. I've been hanging out on Riser for the last few weeks. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, I hit the wall. No. I hit the wall.
1: Oh no. Yep. After you got the yep. ship. After you got the ship, though.
0: A couple of days before I got the ship, so I I delved into my lobby stores and found enough to buy out the event. I was I was happy. I was happy to pay out the last few. That was okay. But I kind of hit the wall. I was. It
1: really? Yep. It's literally like two minutes to do. Four. I couldn't do I know. two minutes for like a couple of days. Okay, well, I mean everyone, if you acknowledge it, you have, you know, it's that's a move forward.
0: I just couldn't do the sidestep anymore.
1: You know, that's fun. I wish they gave us some new dances, by the way.
0: Oh, look, I've got to admit this year, though, the occasional bonus of the choo-choo dance did awkward. spice things up quite nicely and kept me in the in the game a lot longer than I uh, I had done previously. So that was excellent.
1: I suspect a lot more people were doing dance party uh, more than they thought they would this year. But t-shirts, they are great. I oh, mean, I love it. I, I slightly hit a wall after I got the ship, but I still, I mean, flying high, again, it takes three minutes, maybe, and then you get all kinds of dilithium. So, I'm still doing it.
0: Excellent. And we've got so much to talk about this week with trailers for Lower Decks and Prodigy. Oh, I know.
1: Oh my god, so exciting.
0: So let's get straight into it. And we want to welcome you listening to the show. And if you're a new listener to the show, we hope you'll stay in touch. Because you see, this show is produced by a community of volunteers who donate their time and talents because, like you, they're passionate about what Star Trek is all about. So we ask you, we invite you to get involved in being a part of our podcast community. Follow us on social media so you can share your thoughts about the weekly headlines and maybe have have them read aloud on the show or consider joining the team and lending your time and talents to producing this podcast.
1: Or if you find value in this podcast, consider supporting us financially by joining our Patreon family. We give you stuff, you know, when you join.
0: It's very good. And there's a whole extra podcast on there called After Hours that you only get access to by being a Patreon supporter.
1: Now let's find out what's been happening in the Star Trek multiverse.
0: Then let's track it out. As we anxiously await the premiere of Season 2 of Lower Decks, we were treated to a brand new trailer last week during Comic-Con at Home. Based on the trailer, Season 2 has all the things we loved in Season 1, plus so much more. How much more? The best villains, including Cardassians, packlets Ferengi, Norsekins, some giant slime monster, and the incomparable Jeffrey Combs makes an appearance as an evil computer. We also see a new Temerian crew member who had this to say when welcomed to the bridge. Rapunky, when he joined the Seven. Which I lost my mind at.
1: I know, I know. I was like, oh my God.
0: Tom Paris also shows up in Season 2 in commemorative plate form. Yes, you heard right, in commemorative plate form. Congratulations, buddy. Where did you hear the news? An interesting side note in the news is that Robert Duncan McNeil was invited to reprise Tom Paris for Season 1 of Picard, but due to scheduling conflicts, he wasn't able to make it work. So maybe we'll see some more Tom Paris at some point. Star Trek Lower Decks starts August 12 on Paramount Plus and August 13 internationally on Amazon Prime.
1: That is so exciting about the international release. Um, I'm, I'm so happy for you guys. <laughs> yes!
0: The really great thing because last time it took six months, and I'm sure there were plenty of Star Trek fans who could not wait six months. Yeah, I'm dying to know
1: what deals were struck for those licensing rights, but that's just me. <laughs> but oh man, how awesome was this trailer? I, I mean, there was so much in there, and to find out Jeffrey Combs is also gonna show up. Oh, I mean, what more could we add? I mean, it was amazing that trailer. I love Mariner. I mean, we get to see what Boimler's up to, Tendy, <laughs> um, you know, Rutherford, and this new Tamerian. He, he looks interesting.
0: The, the I, th- I, I tried to remember. Um, I thought, wow, who's who are the Tamerians again? And then Rapungi when he joined the Seven. Oh my god! Yes. And I just realized that the Lower Decks writing crew and Mike McMahon are geniuses, and the amount of comedy and fun that they are going to have with this character is going off the charts. Yeah. It's got to be, it's it's a stroke of
1: genius. It's wonderful. I'm, I'm so excited. And Tom Paris, I mean, I don't know if you saw that there actually is this Tom Paris commemorative plate, but the company that designed it also tweeted uh, to Robert Duncan McNeil, and they had a a commemorative plate with the threshold salamander character, and they were like, just be glad we didn't release this plate. <laughs> and it was so funny.
0: I don't know how I'm going to enter this into the walk.
1: Um, so, yeah, oh. what a delight. Anyway, and Tom Paris, that's so cool. And it would have been interesting to see how they would have incorporated him into Picard. But, you know, I mean, maybe he'll show up in Picard, too. You never
0: know. Oh, look, he could have been one of, of, of a captain that turned up at some point. That would have made sense. Or maybe he was on the outer with Starfleet, so he'd gone back to his rebellious ways. So he'd been a pilot that they brought in oh, for yeah. Last Arena, That would have worked as
1: well. Would have been great. Interesting.
0: I, I, yeah, this is really clever. All of the things that lo- the lower decks people do is just really clever. The fact that there's a commemorative plate, and you can s- now buy the commemorative plate, it's just clever. It's smart, and it really draws me into the show. It it makes me, it really makes me excited about what's coming. All of the nods that they they have to Star Trek canon, all of the nods that they have to going, you know what? We want to see Jeffrey. In more Star Trek series, so we're gonna deliver that as an evil robot computer. Yes, please. And not just that—an oh.
1: evil robot computer that tells you you need to lose weight. I mean, I mean that's pretty much any scale. But but as Jeffrey Combs, mm-hmm. I'm like, I need that.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. It, it, we all need that. And the the fact that the Cardassians are coming in as some bad guys, this is excellent. More of that, please. Oh, I, I'm just... There's so much to break down, and there's so much detail that's in there. All of it is really exciting. <laughs> I must have watched it about four or five times. Boimeless Scream getting cut off mid-transport. <laughs> I'd laugh my butt off. That's excellent.
1: Funny. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And I kept on trying to remember a Temerian phrase to announce my excitement and I just I couldn't do it I need to go back and watch Darmok again oh. and pick up all pick up on all of that so good to try and understand this guy if I can
1: when the walls
0: fell shaka when the walls fell <laughs> Ah.
1: But Lower Decks wasn't the only Star Trek series to get some Comic-Con attention. We were also treated to our first look at Star Trek Prodigy. In the 52-second trailer for Prodigy's inaugural season, we are introduced to the main cast, including Dahl, Wynn, Zero, Rock Talk, Murph, and jean Cam, Hogg, as well as the stunning new USS Protostar, which looks like a cross of the Intrepid and Rhode Island-class ships, plus the timeless Captain Catherine Janeway, who reminds us we've only just begun. End quote. During the Comic Con at Home panel, the creators, director, and cast, including Star Trek royalty Kate Mulgrew, joined the ever entertaining Jerry O'Connell to discuss the newest Star Trek series. Executive producer Kevin Hagman pointed out that this would be the first Star Trek series, quote, that's actually going to be seen through the eyes of characters who are outside of Starfleet, end quote. In discussing Prodigy's place in the Star Trek mythos, the Hagman brothers recognized that this would be the little brother or little sister member of the franchise, but wanted to punch up. Kate Mulgrew reiterated the sentiment, saying, quote, Children are very astute. You've grasped an essential component of the childlike imagination, which is extraordinary perception. They need to be grounded while taking flight at the same time. And this you have achieved. End quote. The trailer is a must-watch and the panel is super entertaining and informative, so be sure to check out our show notes for links.
0: I always love the moment in Trailers like this, where we get the big reveal of the ship. And it's not a huge reveal because we don't see all of it. We see some of it. And that's why we can make educated guesses about oh it kind of looks like across between the intrepid and the Rhode Island class. And maybe there's some elements of slipstream drive in there. It is very tapered and aerodynamic-y, so maybe that's that's thrown into the mix as well. Maybe that's how it got there. And there's lots of lots of little speculation, but just to take a moment to pause and just really look at the details on that. That ship and just go. Oh, that that's nice. I love it. I love I love new stuff like this. Well,
1: I love this trailer just because it's beautiful. I mean, the animation. It um don't want to compare necessarily to like the Clone Wars, but the animation style is similar mm. to Clone yep. Wars. Yeah. But it's gorgeous. I mean, I I saw some negativity about it online, and I just I don't see where that's coming from because this show looks, you know it's for kids. I mean, it looks like it's just Mm going to inspire wonder and, you know, creativity. Just like what Kate Mulgrew is saying, you know, that you you put something, you know, exciting and adventure story out there. I mean, that's just fun to watch.
0: Yeah. And look, probably a lot of the negativity comes from people who are used to every series, having every series of Star Trek appeal to them, or they enjoy every single series of Star Trek. And so when something comes along that's a little bit Different that may not be entirely for them. They have, yeah, they, they it doesn't sit well with them. But the thing is, there's so much Star Trek out there at the moment. We have this wonderful breadth of series that appeals, a broad spectrum that appeals to so many people. Not every epi- series of Star Trek is going to appeal to every single person, and that's okay.
1: Absolutely, I'm like, you know what? If you don't like the way it looks, don't watch it. So yeah, I'm gonna watch it. I mean, you know, I'm excited to watch it. If if it turns out that I am not interested in it, then I won't watch it. That's, you know, that's how those things, but I'm not going to endlessly complain about it. Oh, we save that for just- other things. <laughs>
0: organized to have an argument with the Tellaride character, Jankum Pog, because Jason Manzukas is fantastic, and I just can't wait to see him more of him on screen. I think he's just going to argue with... An argumentative yeah, jerk. yeah.
1: he's just going to argue with everybody. I mean, I loved Murph. Come on. He's so cute. Or she. They. Yeah. They're so cute.
0: <laughs> they are so cute, and I love that deep Bradley Baker, who is such a talented voiceover artist, they get him in to do all the weird noises and pops and clicks of a creature sound effect, And it's still great.
1: Yeah, it's so good. How
0: how good is Jerry O'Connell?
1: Oh my god, he's hilarious! Didn't he totally say something crazy in that panel? Uh, Except that like I can't. Oh, it's good. I had it on the tip of my tongue. But anyway, I'm sure he said several crazy things during the panel. But he's hilarious.
0: He's hilarious. Ethan Peck turns up. These are these are all good things. You know, and and yeah, just just his level of excitement makes me more excited about this this show and what's to come because, yeah, it it is... uh, I think it was Kate Mulgrew who said, yes, this is targeted specifically at children, but everyone can enjoy this. And I I have to... I completely agree with you. It looks amazing. The level of design and detail that's gone into it. All of the characters. Rock Talk. Rock Talk's so good. Yeah. Just wonderful, wonderful, giant, hulking character, but it's a little eight-year-old child. This is going to be
1: great. I'm so excited. Very
0: excited about what's ahead.
1: Yeah, I don't think we we got a release date, but um, but it definitely looks very interesting. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. We wait and see on release dates.
1: Videos and links are definitely in our show notes, so check it out. It's highly entertaining.
0: Everyone's favourite Kelpian has been on the interview circuit in the past couple of weeks with Doug Jones talking about the release of Season 3 of Discovery on DVD. In an interview with Sci-Fi Wire, Jones spoke about Saru's heartbreak at the revelation one of his fellow Kelpians were Responsible For the burn. He also confirmed that filming on season four continues in Toronto, and even though Saru has left the command chair, he still has plenty to do. Quote After we got home to LA during hiatus last year, I called Michelle Paradise myself and said, Should I expect to go back for season four? Because they left me on camera teaching Sukal the ways of the Kelpian. She said, Oh no, you're back, you're back. But the question will remain that Starfleet does not strip you of your rank. So I'm still a captain. Where do they plug me in? That's the question. End quote. In an interview with Screen Rant, Discovery actor Anthony Rapp spoke about the disco cast and their Dungeons and Dragons sessions and rejected Blames. He'll become the series villain. You may suspect that's where the relationship is going. At the end of season three, we saw Paul Stamets not being particularly jazzed about the newly minted Captain Michael Burnham, but Rapp was quick to shut down the villain rumors saying, quote, no, no, he's like a consummate professional. He hated Lorca, but he still did his job and he doesn't hate Michael. He was just her. It was a different situation. Ultimately, he's a smart person and understands why Michael became captain, but it's still stung the way that it happened, end quote. For both interviews, you'll find the links in our show notes.
1: Man, I bet you hate work.
0: <laughs> Stamets lo- hated him, but then I mean, loved him for a little right, bit, I but then he it. hated him again. I mean,
1: okay, if you were there, probably... Probably you'd hate him, but mm-hmm. he's so good at being bad.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Where is Prime Lorca? Get that guy back on the screen.
1: Absolutely. Um, I'm, you know, I think maybe maybe we'll be surprised with season four. Maybe it's just the whole hitting its stride and we needed Michael to get to be captain. And and yeah, it'll be a good story.
0: Reading through the article uh, with Anthony Rapp, one of the interesting points that I saw was that there's a section of the Star Trek fandom that really wants... Khan to return as a villain, and this was the first time that I'd heard this about Discovery people. There are people who want Khan to come back, but as I, a villain,
1: was I mean, I guess timeline wise, wasn't that not? Wasn't he like? I mean, well, I guess seasons... he could have been gallivanting around, getting up to shenanigans before he runs into Kirk later on,
0: years later. But yeah, but he but he wasn't defrosted.
1: Yeah, I'm like we, I thought they were. Hmm. He was in stasis for many. Here.
0: He was. He was in Stasis on the Botany Bay. So... Yeah,
1: so I... I yeah, it's just... That's a crazy... Th- Where did that even come? I don't buy that. There's no way. It's
0: a... It's. A- it's a crazy theory that uh, I had not encountered before, so I was interested to read it. And Stamets just went,
1: eh, "Yeah, no." Well, that's good. Or should
0: I say, Anthony Rapp just went, "Yeah, no."
1: Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think next season they haven't really had much like supervillain be tried besides trying to make Osira a supervillain.
0: Yes, and she was great. Oh, she was good she too. Was excellent. Well,
1: okay, Lorca might have been a villain too. <laughs> not in my eyes,
0: though. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> (laughs)
1: Now, here are a few headlines that we didn't discuss, but might interest you. Links, of course, will be in our show notes. What is it like to host Jeopardy? According to LeVar Burton, it's scary. But he said once he focused on making the most of his hosting chances and stopped trying to be as smooth as Alex, that he was able to relax and be his wonderful self. We hope you've all had a chance to check out his episodes this week.
0: Marina Sirtis spoke about the on-again, off-again idea of a Captain Wharf series, throwing her support behind it. She explained she would love to be a small part of it and the potential of having a series focused entirely on the Klingon.
1: At a recent Comic-Con at Home event, the Stargate Atlantis reunion panel had some small Trek nuggets for aspiring sci-fi actors from Robert Picardo. He spoke about the fan crossover between Star Trek and Stargate and how his previous acting roles meant he was better prepared for science fiction roles. His advice is, get your feet wet in some other acting jobs before delving into the world of sci-fi
0: remember captains to learn more about these headlines be sure to review the show notes for this episode at priority one
1: well captains that's all the news we have to check out this week now let's find out what happened in the world of star trek gaming welcome aboard captain
0: Star Trek Online continues to look to the future, or at least continues to look to Discovery when picking new ships to add to promo ship packs. This week, the 32nd Century Courage Class Command Science Destroyer joins the list of ships available as a reward choice for R&D and duty officer packs. This ship can switch from science mode to tactical mode by reversing direction. In tactical mode, you get access to a commander tactical station, the experimental weapon is enabled, and you get a boost to hull capacity. It's a science ship, but it's also a destroyer so it's equipped with four front and three aft weapons. And the starship trait provides bonus exotic damage when using bridge officer abilities. Overall, this ship looks to provide a lot of build options for those lucky enough to win one.
1: You know those dual... Tactical science, sh- you know, shifting ships—they're pretty interesting. I mean, they did that with the Dyson
0: and the Titan as well.
1: Yeah, other than the ship's really unfortunate shape, this is a really interesting ship. I'm—I mean, it's terribly ugly, though. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's just not attractive.
0: It sometimes it looks like a hammerhead. Sometimes it looks like something else.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah so I mean I love science ships so you know that I love science so I um, and you know I love electrical damage providing builds so if I ever was lucky enough to win one of these ships I don't know that I would want to go and buy one but I'm always looking for boost to my electrical damage so that's a very interesting console uh, and trait that it has but I don't know about this ship I'd like to hear you know once people are able to fly it I'd like to hear some some reviews.
0: Yeah, and I think traits that boost exotic damage, they're always welcome. Yeah, I'm interested to see what that does to some overall builds, just what kind of a boost it can give. I've got a couple of science guys that I'm working on, a couple of science builds that are just slowly progressing and, man, when you really jazz that exotic damage you can really put the hurt on some other ships. It's amazing.
1: I kind of want this ship for the, you know, traits. (laughs) So... I don't know. I might open like 12 packs. Okay, that's reasonable. Starting today through August 2nd, the Freedom Class Exploration Frigate, otherwise known as the USS Franklin from Star Trek Beyond, will be available in the Lobby Store. Plus, everything else in the Lobby Store is 20% off. That's very exciting. A Lobby sale is fantastic. But for this ship, and I did not know this because it's a promo ship, and again, the chances of getting those are quite rare, but this uh, ship also has some pretty interesting... uh, features it comes with a console the VHF disruptive transmission which when activated it blasts a high frequency radio wave towards your nearby foes and it deals electrical damage again with the electrical dam I'm thinking I need these ships mm-hmm. but this ship also boosts your turning radius when uh, you're activating the VHF disruptive transmission so that's kind of cool it is a universal console and you can use it on other ships too so that's exciting. I love it when they put promo ships in the Lobby store, because at least you have you can get it, you know, and uh, it's attain- obtainable. So I actually might pick this up because I definitely want that console.
0: All of a sudden, extra electrical damage, and, you, and Kat's eyes just lit up. Was, she was so excited <laughs> at the idea.
1: Listen, my electrical damage ship is the it's awesome. I am I love flying that ship. It's it's so good.
0: Some breaking news for Romulan ship fans available starting today. The d and Scimitar classes are freshly remastered. Just when you are getting bored with those ships' looks, they go and make them all shiny. Thanks to Donnie Viper, a ship artist at Cryptic, for posting some excellent before and after images. It's so nice to see those ships get some love.
1: And I love those Romulan ships. And you know I like, I, well, I may have expressed my preference for smaller ships, but those Scimitars, they are mean and Awesome. I love those ships and this remaster is so cool looking. I don't normally fly the Dederadex, but I might actually try it to see what the new skins look like.
0: I saw this week there was some uh, sketches for a Dederadex, but the nacelles and the actual warbird, the the wing shape but it was Vertical instead of horizontal. Apparently, that was a a variation at at some point in the design process of these starships. And it looked wild. That's weird. It looked really weird. Very, very strange. Didn't didn't quite work for me, but yeah, it was it was interesting to see.
1: That's really interesting. Man, they do some really good work there over at Cryptic.
0: And speaking of Donny Viper, he recently spoke with the folks at Massively OP about ship design. They covered off his favorite captain, Kirk, and his favorite starship, the Connie Refit, in short order. They then went on to talk about the design process for Star Trek Online. Donnie explains that fresh designs come from the incredibly talented Hector Ortiz, with as many as 20 designs put together as the team refines the looks of a particular new ship build. 3D models are created, then once the final ship design is selected, that model is sent to the ship team to build. He also spoke about the updates to older Starship models, which has become a large part of the game. Case in point, shiny new d and Scimitar classes. Donnie explains that as PC and console hardware power has increased over the years, the amount of detail Stoke can provide per ship has increased, sometimes three times as much detail as was previously seen on Starship models. It's a great look behind the scenes at the process, and you can check out the interview in our show notes.
1: Oh, man. Is, this is just the beginning of refreshing some of these ships. I am so in for this. This is going to be awesome.
0: Legendary Scimitar, perhaps? Ooh, ooh. Awesome. Just I a mean,
1: thought. Sure. I, I'd get that. I think, you know, when you could really start telling the detail is when uh, they released the sarcophagus ship because there's so much detail in that ship and it's beautiful. It's so well done.
0: The fact that there's there's the little coffins on all the little parts of the ship.
1: I love the ship. I don't ever want to fly it because it t- turns like a. it's just a blob. <laughs> but- <laughs> but it's gorgeous. I mean, I like seeing it. I just don't like flying it. Personally, that's just me. Even the, you know, Scimitar and Dideradex are way more maneuverable than that bad boy. And in other gaming news, the Celestial Market comes to timelines. In a YouTube video, the team from Star Trek Timelines showcased the introduction of the Celestial Market. The new feature is similar to Star Trek Online's Exchange Market, and it's a handy addition to the Wicked Realms game, with players able to fill requests for specific reasons resources, or sell items on the market at their own set prices. The video has a full breakdown of the new feature which you can check out in our show notes.
0: That's the news from Trek Games this week, now let's open Hailing Frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in sir. Hailing Frequencies. Open. See? We are getting to know each other.
1: Well Captains, Hailing Frequencies are now open and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages.
0: This week we asked you to share your thoughts on the Comic-Con Star Trek news. What surprised you the most? What are your plans for the Season 2 premiere of Lower Decks?
1: From Twitter, Captain Revo had this to say about Prodigy. Obviously, things made for kids can be watched by adults, but I definitely expected this to be quite simplistic and a touch silly. If anything, I would have expected Lower Decks style to be the kids' one. Prodigy looks like Pixar's next masterpiece, and we are so
0: lucky. From Facebook, Jamal Taylor said no real surprises amped for more lower decks prodigy looks interesting I'm totally buying the Tom Paris plate Jerry O'Connell will never live that down calling Janeway vice lieutenant (gasps) oh
1: is that what it was I heard there was a big to do what Jerry O'Connell said vice lieutenant oh snap. Wow. <laughs> damn He's going to get fired. No, dang. he's going he's, to, that,
0: that's, that's a reprimand that's going on his permanent record.
1: <laughs> From Twitter, Eric Penner Howie offered a brilliantly succinct reply to our second question to watch it, obviously.
0: That sounds like a good plan. I can get on board with that plan.
1: I'm, I'm on board with that and also going to watch it.
0: <laughs> well, that wraps up episode 518 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek Podcast. But there are more great shows available for you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcast.roddenberry.com for a complete list, then be sure to subscribe to them all and share them with your friends.
1: And we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like David K. Retley, Peter Archibald, and Gerald Bosch.
0: Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com. On our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at Priority One Pod.
1: And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Winters, Anthony, Thomas, Gray, me, plus the rest of the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest news from Star Trek Online and the Armada community, including spotlighting some of our amazing members. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Stowe players, whether you're new or a veteran. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times. And if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com.
0: This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. During these difficult times, we are humbled by the continued support of our patrons who find value in the content we produce each and every week. You can track us out at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One.
1: Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secrets.
0: Thanks to our audio editors, including Gray, Brandon, William, Daniel, Rand, Alex, and Lennon. Thanks to our producer, Jake, and associate producers, Shane and Thomas. Together, they help us organize and write up our summary of the weekly headlines from the Star Trek multiverse. Thanks to our graphic artist, Alejandro, with support from Jason of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. And seeing as he's not here, thanks to Elio, who keeps this whole show running smoothly. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, because without your on going support none of this would be possible
1: enemy ship on sensors
0: red alert ready weapons engage, engage. complete. Or consider joining the team and lending your time and talents to producing this prop podcast thing that we're doing. I don't know what we're doing. God damn it. It's fine, fine. God, this is the intro. Good lord. I'm going to start that again for a clean edit. Something
1: sorry there's one more a lot and then... no 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 there's a lot there's a lot that's there's,
0: there's so much to talk about <laughs> cd your pants podcasting mm-hmm. all right
1: this is a roddenberry podcast for more great podcasts visit podcast.rottenberry.com.